Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cuckoo writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. Okay, I'm delighted to welcome Tom Boosin to the podcast. Tom started cooking professionally at just 15 years old and has since worked in some of the greatest kitchens in the UK, as well as time spent cooking in New York, Copenhagen and Iceland. In 2019, he was appointed head chef of the Grill at the Dorchester, where he remains today, and he was the youngest head chef in the restaurant's history. Welcome, Tom. Thanks for so much for coming today. No worries. Thanks a lot for having me. How are you? Yeah, doing really good. Yeah, yeah it's nice to be here. Yeah. I- I'll try and talk, do a lot of talking, so your voice is okay. <laughs> yeah, you might have noticed I've got a slightly squeaky voice. Um, so you're going to share some of your expert knowledge about fish and seafood today. But yeah. first, can you tell us a bit about the kind of food you're cooking at the grill at the moment? Well, I don't know if expert's the word, but I'll give it a good go. Obviously, I'm not a, sh- a proper fish chef and a shellfish chef, mm. but... So what we do at the Dorchester, it's what I always wanted to create there. It was something that was kind of fresh and approachable. So I wanted every single person in the world to be able to come and eat there and enjoy it. So it's a very, it's a really nice kind of system we have there. And it's a nice restaurant. I've got an amazing team, front of house, yeah. back of house. And we just want to have fun as well and cook the best food we can try and cook. So this works in with this because obviously... I use all of my local suppliers from London and obviously that's for butchers and stuff, but I'll talk about the shellfish more around the country because I think sometimes we do forget that we do live on an island and uh, we do have some of the most amazing shellfish down, uh, amazing fish down in Cornwall and the most amazing shellfish up in Scotland and all around them islands as well, which I think we'll talk a little bit more about in a bit. Cool. Brilliant. So let's talk about that first thing because you you say... um, you know, respect seasonality. It's something we hear a lot, but mm. in terms of fish, that's that's important, isn't it? Well, it's super important. Yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot of sustainability is going around at the moment, and it is. But even through everything from veg to meat to to fish, we should always buy through seasons. I think the problem is 
in a lot of countries, but definitely us as well. The supermarkets have kind of ruined the seasons as they just get a lot of the food from other parts of the world, which is always, it's always hot somewhere in the world. So asparagus can be in season anywhere throughout the world all year round. But I think it's about trying to buy from local as well, especially at the moment with what we're seeing in this country. I think it's super important that we look after each other and buy from the local greengrocer, buy from our local fishermen around the coasts Mm. and buy from the butchers as well, because they are fantastic produce. Yeah. And I mean, if you can't buy directly from fishermen, which obviously a lot of people can't, Mm. then um, if you are lucky enough to have a fishmonger near you, it's good to kind of have a relationship with them, isn't it? Yeah. And there's some really great uh, companies down in Cornwall now will actually deliver uh, nationwide next day delivery as well. only good thing about covid was that we really got that kind of online supply thing the deliveries somewhere, yeah. yeah how many cardboard boxes did we get turned up to the house every day <laughs> exactly um and then you say don't always go for the obvious fish yeah don't always go for the obvious fish i think that's especially in this country is because when we go into the fish and chippy on a friday you always see the kind of standard fish yeah look at cod cod has kind of been used overused for many for many many years so, and there's loads of different species out there, which we should definitely all be trying and trying to use, especially when they're in seasons. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the best person I know about fish seasons because I don't, but that's why I've got an amazing fisherman down there who tells me mm. what's good, when it's good, because obviously they need to mate, they need to reproduce, and they have certain times of the year when they do that. But from a business point of view, from my point of view as well, you want to buy them when they're in season. Yeah. They're the cheapest and the most tastiest. Yeah. There's no point in buying cod when it's not in season because it's double the price. Yeah. And actually, it's not good for the world as well. And actually, if you go on, if you go in online to one of those fish suppliers, you know, to the domestic market, mm. that you'll you'll kind of see the prices changing with the yeah. seasons when they're coming in and out. And when you said when they're in abundance, there's lots there. So definitely worth taking a look at that. Um, your next point was about the the quality of um of, of checking the quality of fish. T- tell us how we can do that. Well, the old classic one is checking the eyes and checking the gills, obviously to make sure, but also give it a smell as well. If yeah. it smells fishy, then that's not very good. A yeah. beautiful fresh fish. When we we get whole fish delivered every day from Flying Fish Company down in Cornwall, I've been down there a few times to see them, and they just have such an amazing operation how they work. Yeah, and it gets delivered to us about four o'clock in the morning. And then we get there about seven o'clock in the morning. And when you take it out of the ice boxes, you can just really tell what they say down there when it's spanking bit of fish. Yeah. So what are we looking for with the eyes and the gills? Tell us. The eyes need to be bright. They they need to look like kind of our eyes as well. They're bright. They're glossy. They've got that just good look about them. I think there's a lot of common sense into seeing good meat and seeing good fish. Yeah. And even vegetables as well. And their gills are beautiful and red and they just look fresh and almost hard as well. But almost when you've got a fish with rigor mortis as well, because that's when you really tell that it's fresh when it's yeah. when it's straight. But then sometimes you need to rest that just for a day, just to let the body relax. Yeah. So when you pick it up, it should be quite stiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. If it's mushy and you can feel the flesh is almost disintegrating, mm. almost that's when you know it's not it's not a spanking yeah. bit of fish. It's about using your senses as well, isn't it? Definitely. I think we've lost a bit of that, really. Yeah, yeah. Especially when something turns up like vac pack. So if you got the fishmongers. I mean, you might not want to go and pick the fish pick up, up, but you no. can definitely have a yeah. look at it and just with your eyes, check well, it out. I think that's with society now, isn't it? With the use-by date, I reckon there's loads of people in the country who just chuck something away yeah. because the use-by date says the milk's off. Where actually, 60 years ago, my my grandparents would have just smelt it. And if yeah. it smelt funny, you would put it in the bin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've kind of lost that as a, as a society, I think. Yeah. 
I love your next point, which is um, how you use the freezer in the restaurant. Because I've not I've not come across this yeah. before. Tell us about that. So it's really cool. I learned this when uh, I worked for Alan Williams back in 2012 at the Westbury. And I never seen it before as well, because you always, people always judge a freezer, don't yeah. they? I don't know why. People always give it, ooh, one of them looks. We don't have a big walk-in freezer at the Grill at the Dorchester. I just got a little chest freezer like my mum had in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have we don't have anything in it, really. But what we do have in it is normally shellfish, depending on what we've got. So this week, from yesterday, we just put a beautiful new scallop dish on, mm-hmm. which we're just putting a lovely uh, hazelnut butter kind of crust on top of it after we nice. roast it. But we on purposely, it works in two ways especially for me being a business person and a chef and a, an owner of a restaurant, but it can work at home as well. Because when you get shellfish, yeah, you want to use it straight away. But if you don't want to use it straight away and you've got it bang when it's in season, you can freeze it and yeah. leave it and then you've got it ready. You're prepared. You're ready for your dinner party. For me, it means I don't waste. Yeah. So, would, not, you, so yeah. would you like, you would get your scallop in the shell, you would open prep the shell, it. prep it, yeah. take all of the gunk out and yeah. then refreeze that scallop. And then refreeze the scallop. And then we always use the skirts and the rows and use them in stocks and sauces or mm. if it's on the dish as well. But by freezing it, what you're doing, what the most important thing from a business point of view, I'm not, there's no wastage there, but also it really tenderizes the meat. Yeah. Because when you bring it out, it just loosens it a little bit. Sometimes you can have a scallop okay. and it's rock hard, yeah. which is amazing if you're having ceviche or like a tartar or whatever. But Sometimes when you want to roast it, and it is nice roasted as well when it's fresh, but it just gives you that little extra. It works really well with lobsters because when we first opened the grill, when we reopened it in Mm. uh, 2019, we did this lobster thermidor dish. I wanted to look at the old classic kind of uh, grill dishes and the thermidor was the one that kept coming up. So we did an amazing lobster thermidor tart. So we used to make a beautiful cheddar cheese tart, a real rich thermidor cheesy mustardy foam. And then the lobster tail, we used to freeze them on purpose. And then when you defrost it, what happens is that the mm. the flesh uh, uh, goes away basically from the skin. So oh, it means like you can peel like it. Shrinks yeah, away it kind of slightly. shrinks away slightly. Yeah. I don't know what the right terminology is, but and then we and <laughs> shrinks then shrinks shrinks, <laughs> shrinks away from the from the skin. Yeah. So basically, that means you can prep. That means you can just defrost it, and then you can peel it, and that means you've got a beautiful red lobster tail, which has not been cooked. Wow. Where a lot of other restaurants and people at home would boil it in water yeah obviously when you're putting fish into anything into a big pot of boiling water that water is going inside that flesh yeah and that water is actually a, a, it's taking flavor it's, it's taking flavor out of that whole animal if i if we put ourselves in a pot of water all of our flavor would go into that water <laughs> wouldn't it it's the kind of nice. same it's the kind of same idea <laughs> but with the lob and then they normally ice it down in ice water again so then yeah. it's gone to another bit of water so all of yeah. these waters are just taking all of this flavor away from this beautiful product where with this with this way you can just cook it from raw that first time get a beautiful roast on it yeah. and it is just it is my favorite way to cook lobsters you were talking about your lobster thermidor tot tell us a bit more about that was that the one that you said to become one of the favourite things on the menu. Yeah, it become a bit too favourite, really. It was kind of, I had to take it off because <laughs> me and the team were absolutely sick of seeing it. <laughs> we had customers fly over from Germany during when we were out of one of lo- after lockdown one and I didn't have it on the menu and the guys started yeah. shouting at me. It was a bit mad, but we need to move forward. We can't just always look at that one dish. Obviously, I'm still young and my team are young, so we want to keep moving forward, but yeah. we will come back to it. Why do you think it is? What do you think people are just really... There's something about nostalgic dishes that really gets people excited. Yeah, it was just that one dish when we first opened. It was everywhere. Every time I went on my Instagram, all of my chef friends were like, <laughs> every time I click over Instagram, all I'm seeing is a photo of you and a photo of 
this lobster dish. You're not, you didn't invent the lobster, Tom. And I was like, yeah, I know. How did you have the, like, was a tail really obvious on top of the tart? Yeah, it, Is just, that why... it just sat beautifully on top. Yeah. And you got that every time we just roasted it to perfection with yeah. loads of lobster oil and it was just proper roasted and just looked it is a delicious dish yeah you can just come in and just have that you'd be absolutely stuffed any any um, plans to put it back on uh not at the moment people listening <laughs> everyone's like back. why am i gonna go to the restaurant <laughs> if the lobster's not on <laughs> no we do have a new lobster dish will come on today actually with turbot and lobster oh, nice. and a nice roasted lemon butter sauce with loads of english peas in it as well and so to be honest that's that's nice and fresh you nice don't, and simple as you well. don't want to eat a lobster firmador when the weather's no. as beautiful as it is today because turbot is I mean, it's the king of fish, isn't it, Turbot? They call it the king of fish, yeah. It is, it is a beautiful a stunning fish. stunning fish, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Tell us about some other um, seafood things that you've got on the menu at the minute. So what else have we got on at the moment? Uh, I normally always have a scallop dish on, so that's always yes. nice to do. Lobster dish with turbot. Then we've got sea bream as well. Uh, just getting some langos, langoustines in next week, actually, for I'm doing a special dinner for a company next week, and uh, I'm going to get some really big spanking extra large Are langoustines in. Scotland? Yeah, from Celtic Seafair. Yeah. They're, just they're the best it's mad because um someone was saying that a lot of our longestine gets gets shipped across yeah, the world yeah yeah because we just don't eat them we don't uh, i don't know why that is i guess going back to my point about the supermarkets you never see that in a supermarket no. where if you went to spain and you walked around they have all of their yeah. own kind of fish they come into yeah. our waters to try and nick all of our fish <laughs> and i think something like 90 percent of the fish and shellfish we catch in this country yeah. most of it gets shipped abroad yeah it's crazy. even japan are taking some of our We've yeah. got tunas coming into the waters at the moment. It's getting so warm. I know I've seen, I remember a few years ago, it was really rare to get hake on a menu. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful fish. But whenever I went to Spain or Portugal, there was always hake. And I was Everywhere. like, why is no one using this fish? Yeah. It's fantastic. And thank God, like you said, people, it, it's visibility really. And seeing it available and being able to buy it. Yeah. And then more and more people start getting into it. And then it and then it comes into the general kind of scheme yeah, of things, completely. isn't it? Well, it's about us being taught it as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's, it's about learning and teaching it and... There is just more fish than cod deep fried on a Friday night yeah. with curry sauce and chips. So that is good. But that is my favourite, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to take that away. I get a battered sausage on the side as well. Yeah. Um, let's have some tips from you for um, cooking shellfish because you say like, you know, it is, it is a crime to overcook shellfish and it's easy to do as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, super easy. Give us a few. Well, the um, thing is with shellfish is what you've got to remember, it, again, for me, it's... I guess I can say this because I'm a chef, but it's common sense, isn't it? You can eat a scallop ceviche, you can eat lobster raw, you can eat langoustines raw. Mm. So straight away that tells me you don't really need to cook it a lot because right. you can eat it raw. So I think we do have a problem of people do cook, if you're a bit like my mum, with her beef on a Sunday, she cooks it until it's cooked. <laughs> <laughs> you can smell it, it's cooked. <laughs> but yeah, you don't need to overcook your shellfish. Just simply roast it in a pan. Just you want to warm through the meat. Yeah. It's a protein as well. You just want to warm it through. Cook it simply as well. For me, the way we cook fish in a restaurant is just normally simply under the grill. Yeah. We leave the skin on. We grill it for four or five minutes and then we take the skin off and then just finish it on the bottom side a little oh, bit okay. just for like 30 seconds. Obviously, you can pan roast it as well. But I just think you get that really natural sweetness and the, the real flavour of the fish when you kind of grill it simply. Yeah. Again, barbecue as well is amazing. Lobster yeah. on a barbecue is, we keep seeing it everywhere at the moment, especially in my trade. But if you get lobsters and you put them on sticks and you barbecue them, it's just that smoky flavour. You can't beat a barbecue. Would you would you barbecue the lobster whole? Uh, you could do. You could just cut it simply in half. Yeah. You could take out the roe and then mix that in some butter and make like a, a dark, like it would look a bit greeny pinkish mm. when it's cooked. But you could put that lobster butter back on top of the flesh and then just finish that on the barbecue. Yeah. I think the, the key is with fish and shellfish, just cook it simply. Yeah. Because it's such an amazing product. You don't want to overcomplicate it and 
put a cheese tart with a thermidor sauce in <laughs> and a rich bisque on it. I don't know who did that. But, what kind of idiot would do uh, Yeah, that? what kind of idiot would do that? <laughs> but it's the bisque, isn't it? You know, we, we've all been to restaurants where you get that really heavy, rich bisque, which is nice. But I think the older I get now, I like the simpler kind of things. I like yeah. it cleaner and fresher and just I want to taste the langstein for how good the langstains are. Yeah. So whenever I get a langstein, I normally just put them under the grill for about a minute and they just warm through. There's nothing better than eating a big extra large langoustine. And there's something really nice, isn't you? Because you mentioned lobster on the barbecue is um, about, it's like grilled shell. The grilled shell, because the shell imparts so much flavour flavor as into well, it, doesn't yeah. it? And save the shells afterwards as well. Because yeah. you could make a little uh, chowder out of that the next day as well. Yeah. It's about utilising all of it. It is an expensive product. I'm not going to sit here and say it's cheap even when it's in season. No. I think the price of lobsters at the moment are £27 a kilo, which is kind of the best it's going to get to. Yeah, yeah, in about two, three months' time, it's going to go straight back up to about £45 a kilo. Yeah. So obviously it is better to get it now, but make sure you utilise and use all of it because an, an animal has lived and stuff and yeah. we need to respect that. And lobsters aren't just seasonal, are they? Because I've been on holiday in Cornwall yeah. in season, expect not expecting, but looking forward to maybe having a lobster and then the fishermen are like, we just can't get them at the minute because of the ties and yeah. because of stuff, you know, that it just shows you that when they're, when they're responsibly fished, yeah. you know, there'll be times when they've just got to leave them alone. Yeah. Have you been down in Padstow and seen the lobster factory? The kind of... I, I have the, been to Padstow, but I didn't see the lobster yeah, factory. It's quite a new thing. I think it's only been there for a couple of years. I think they're making millions of lobsters every year. Okay. It's a really sustainable and it's an amazing little project. Like they're a sort doing of fishery, but with fishery, just lobsters. Yeah, yeah, with just lobsters. And you see them and they're little baby little things. And then they put them all out. But yeah, but I think what we forget as well is being a fisherman. Yeah, it's hell. a hard job. That's, a, that's got to be one of the hardest jobs in the yeah. in the world. Like, really tough. And when they go out and them tough wins, we've all watched them TV shows, Saving Lives at Sea and stuff. It's that that They deserve to be paid. So yeah. I don't mind paying a little bit more if it's going straight into their pocket. Absolutely. Let's talk about another um, a type of fish, which is another type of seafood, which is oysters. Are you a big fan of oysters? I'm from Colchester, so I oh. have to be. <laughs> we get Mersey, we get Mersey oysters, so I have to say so yes. Were you, did you grow up on them? Which, no, you... no, no, no. I remember the first one I had. I couldn't believe what it was. It is a, it is a weird thing, an oyster. How old were you? Oh, must have been fifteen. Must, okay, must have been at the toll booth, started, really. Yeah, yeah, when I first started, but. They've definitely grown on me. Yeah. But again, you can do a lot more of them. You don't just have to have them. Yeah, I think that I think people get scared when they think I've they look at it and think, oh my God, I've got to it's eat it. It's a big snot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big snot. <laughs> you said it, I didn't say it. <laughs> but they are amazing product. They are it's a beautiful mm. produce. Uh but again, you can deep fry it. It's nice deep fried. Mm. We we did a dish not so long ago actually for Valentine's Day. Because obviously it's an aphrodisiac that they say. I don't know why, but <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing about that that gets me going. But uh, So we did like a duo of oysters. So you had a raw one, which yeah. we just lightly did on the barbecue and then put like a, a green mm. dressing on top, like a salsa verde. Lovely. And then we did a deep fried one on the side as well, a nice dirty yeah. deep fried oyster. I think we did that with seaweed. How would you do? Would you, would you sort of batter it or Take bread it out, it yeah, and just bread it a little bit. A little bit of flour, egg, like a classic penne, yeah. and then a bit of breadcrumbs and then just deep fry it but it's nice to have the two kind of tones of it you've got the freshness of it yeah and then you could have the deep fried of it as well but no the most important thing with oysters what i've got written down here which i did remember myself is <laughs> the native oysters because i'm a culture boy they're only uh they're only to be eaten when there's an r in the month so native is the the, the seasonal ones, ones and rock yeah rock all ones. years round so do rock come from the same place or the rock and the natives do live... So when you go to Mersey, I used to go crabbing it when I was a kid when yeah. mum and dad used to take me. So you do see them, they do... It's even the same in Winstable. You see the oyster kind of... They're yeah, all there, aren't the beds, they? On yeah, the beds yes, and yeah. stuff. But I think when I, I first went to Colchester Oystery when I was 16, one of my old sous chefs took me and I believe they said... Could be wrong, someone will Google it. But I think it's the only animal that survived the Ice Age. 
Mm. It was the only thing that got through the ice age onto the. Yeah. I just clumming in his little shell. Yeah, but they've just there. been around for millions. <laughs> yeah, but they have been around for millions of years. Yeah. But no, it, it is something we have here, and we should be proud of. We've got them as well. The Irish ones are good too, actually. Yeah, I think, uh, and that's another thing that um, perhaps people don't realise is just the variety of oysters. Like if yeah. you go to a place that does, you know, a, a tasting plate of oysters, you can have eight, nine, ten all the different, different varieties. Yeah. And they'll all taste different. They'll all have a different kind of little zing yeah, to yeah. them. So No, definitely. You know. But with me, I've got to, I've got to always big up the uh, the Essex ones. The Essex ones. A little bit of shallot vinegar for me, a little bit of lemon juice. I was going to say, is that, is that, is that, would you just prefer to have them straight up? Sometimes. The older I get, I do. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to find them a bit disgusting, but now yeah. I, I do quite like I do quite enjoy them. But your palate does change the older you get. I used to not really like cheese. Yeah. Now I eat cheese all the time. Red wine. Drank a yeah. bottle of red wine last night. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I never used to In have red wine. For this it's for very preparation in this. <laughs> cool. And what have you got? Um, what what's what's the future for the grill? What have you got planned for the rest of the year? Have you got any anything? Yeah, we've got some. I'm working on loads of different projects outside the restaurant as well with okay. football stadiums and rugby stadiums and stuff which we can talk about more soon and yeah but we want to keep moving forward with the Dorchester as well so I've been yeah. there I was it's my three-year anniversary on the weekend actually and we have such a great relationship me and the hotel and we really want to move forward and we've got a lot of plans we really want to input input into the hotel and really keep it moving obviously yeah. at the moment we're under a refurb as well as a hotel so it's, the Dorchester by the end of September is going to be very different to what people used to perceive what the Dorchester was. I was going to say because it's nice that you said you want to make it more inclusive and you want people to come down and see what you're doing and yeah. and not feel because it's quite a posh place isn't it I mean it is yeah but might feel a bit intimidated. The, the thing that always makes me laugh about these posh places <laughs> is that the people who work in these posh places yeah. always normally come from working council estates yeah, yeah. so I don't understand why people always get yeah. a bit funny about it but no I think I was one of the first things things one of the first kind of projects what the hotel really wanted to look at to kind of move it forward yeah. and, and change people's ideas of the dorchester obviously we've been there for 92 years and it's an it's an amazing hotel with the history of that hotel was just amazing yeah when i first started i was reading books about it and all Ooh. sorts and there's, there's real good stories what have happened there but you have to understand the world's changing and we need to move forward with it as well. So if people are worried about, you know, that they're going to go to some stuffy restaurant, that's not that's no. not the thing. They're going to they're going to go. It's going to be your amazing cooking. It's yeah. going to be nice, relaxed, but still special. Yeah, still special. No, we, we just well, we've got like this pudding bar in the middle of the restaurant. And yeah, you can I read normally... about the pudding bar. Tell <laughs> us about that. So it's just my, one of my first ideas when I walked into the restaurant. I said, we should put it's quite a square room. It felt yeah. really a bit stuffy, a bit weird. And used to have yellow tablecloths on the table, actually, before. It was Ooh. very, yeah, it was quite, <laughs> I've never seen that before. It was quite cool. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to put a pudding bar in there, which really is just kind of the centre point of the restaurant. So after you finish your main course, you can come up and I've normally got three, four chefs out on the bar and yeah. we're just chatting to the customers. We've got Mr. Whipping Machine there. And it's it's, it's amazing when we first opened, the amount of people used to say to me, it was like, wow, like, this place is so relaxed and so, yeah. like, not cool, cool's a bad word, isn't it? just approachable relaxed yeah, but you can that. still have a great time yeah. you're still going to get absolutely i'd like to think some really great food in london definitely and it's hard at the moment because there's so many mm. great chefs and restaurants in london as well so you always have to keep moving forward and yeah. keep it as well lucky we've got social media nowadays yeah i was going to say that people can um where's the best place for people to cut to stay in touch with what you're doing is it your yeah i'd say my instagram, instagram. yeah so if that 
tart ever comes back. <laughs> so that tart ever comes back, I'll make sure I leave a, <laughs> I'll leave a mention. Yeah, it will come back in the winter, I reckon. Yeah, so that's at Booten Tom, or one word. Yeah, on someone, someone already had Tom Booten. It drove Did me mad. They? Yeah, I can believe it. Who are they? Yeah, no, he lives in London. <laughs> no, no, I mean him spoke to each other every now and then, actually, because he, he keeps getting tagged in. I think when I was in the Evening Standard the first oh, right, time, really? he got tagged and wrote back to him saying, that's not me. <laughs> He's like an insurance guy. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. Tom. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. tips there and lovely to meet you. Thank you and you. Thanks for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. For more recipes and inspiration, head to olivemagazine.com. Also, why not check out our new Olive online shop, which we've just launched this week. Visit us online and use an exclusive discount across a large selection of artisan ingredients, drinks and gifts from some of the UK's finest small businesses, most of which you won't be able to find in supermarkets. You can buy as many products as you like in one easy and secure checkout experience. We'll let the merchants know where to send their products and you'll receive the order directly from them. Just visit shop.olivemagazine.com and if you enter the code WELCOMEOLIVE at checkout, we'll also give you an extra 10% off.